0: Hey friends, it is summer here in 2015 and I don't think there's a more appropriate topic for the podcast during this season than the one that we have today. I'm talking with Constance Rhodes and she's the founder of findingbalance.com and we're talking all about having a healthy perspective of food and having a healthy self-image, which is perfect since this is the time of the year when we're taking our kids to the pool and to the beach and we're wearing shorts and all those things that can cause us to have an unhealthy self-image. And Constance's story and her wisdom from all of the teaching she's done and all of the writing she's done on this topic is so powerful. So I so encourage you to stay with us, to listen to this episode, and I can assure you that it's going to have a big impact on your self-image this summer, especially her new movement that she's created called More Than a Number. She's a multi-talented woman and even wrote a song, which is actually really good, and there's a music video too, and that, wow, powerful I I clicked play, and I can just tell you that it changed a a lot of perspective for me. Super powerful. I'll include that video in the show notes because it's so good. So before we get into that, very ironically, I want to thank our sponsor, Plantoeat.com. Now, that sounds a little funny, but it works perfectly because I know that at least for me, the best way for me to eat healthy, to have energy, and to make wise choices is to just plan it out. When I plan what I'm going to eat, I eat things I like, I eat things that give me energy, and it just works out perfectly for me. So I encourage you to check out their site. It's plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, and you can get their free 30-day trial. And if you're unsure about trying out a new technology, I even have a free e-course that will walk you through with video instruction and everything. The process of getting set up in just a few days and having a meal plan that you can use over and over and over again for the rest of the year. If you want to check that out, go to mealplanningbootcamp.com. Now, I am also super excited because on June 30th, only to you guys, those who listen to the podcast and are signed up for my email list I will be pre-launching my new planner it's the inspired to action planner and my goal for it is to help you eliminate overwhelm and to live with purpose and intention every single day so definitely get on my email list if you're not there go to inspired to action.com sign up for any of those freebies that i have in the sidebar you can sign up for All of the posts, you can sign up for my Maximize Your Mornings ebook, and you'll be on the list and you'll get notified. The official launch of the planner is July 7th, so I definitely want you to get that sneak peek if you're interested. Okay, let's dive into our chat today with Constance Rhodes. Hey, Constance. Thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. We had similar mornings. I uh, emailed you very uh, last minute this morning, and uh, you replied that you were getting your kids off to school, and that is exactly what I was doing. So I'm hoping everybody got off to school and arrived safely, and it wasn't too chaotic of a morning for you.
1: Yeah, not chaotic. They actually get out of school day after tomorrow, and Ah. um, I actually really enjoy them being in school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone out there can relate to that, but I personally... Enjoy that. So, when, I know that once I get them out in the morning, I'm in for a lot of quiet, and that appeals to me. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: How many kids do you have?
1: I have three. They're 14, 11, and seven and a half.
0: You know, as I was reading about you and learning more about you online, I was thinking how much we actually have in common because our kids are very, very close to the okay. same ages. I have an almost 13 year old, a newly 11 year old, and a new eight-year-old yeah not, you know not simple. new children just nearly right. <laughs> those ages yes. um, if I could have figured out a way to have skipped the whole birthing process and just gotten those kids at those ages that would have been great but you no, know, they just turned those ages recently so um well I would love for you to just introduce us to yourself tell us a little bit about you and your family so that the listeners can get to know you
1: sure Well, I'm originally from Michigan. And when I was 16, I went down to Bible College in Dallas. And when I was there, um, I was kind of dealing with all of those pressures that I suppose our kids will be dealing with in a few years, only worse now with social media, (laughs) and just feeling lonely um, a lot. And some of what happened during that season is why I do what I do today. And that is when I was feeling really lonely, I began to just kind of binge out on food. Um, I know we'll hit today just some tips to help moms in this whole area. But dealing with food issues, dealing with self-image issues uh, there at college. A few years later, I moved to Nashville because I was quite sure that I would be the next most awesome Christian recording artist. And instead, I actually ended up working uh, in the Christian music business for six years, uh, working with some really great artists, but wrestling the whole time with these food issues that continued to kind of plague me. And then about 13 years ago, as God was beginning to work on me in some of these areas, I founded Finding Balance. So that's the nonprofit that I run today. And we specifically help People who are seeking balance with food, weight, and wellness, and that includes people with clinical eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia, and that includes a whole lot more people who don't have clinical eating disorders, but food is kind of on the brain a lot, concerns about food, concerns about weight. Um, We want to help them find balance, and so that's what we do here today and have for the last 13 years.
0: Very, very cool. And you live in Nashville, Tennessee, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Franklin, so we're just a little south of Nashville. Very cool. I That's actually the one other place that I would consider living because I love where I live. It has gotten some bad press lately. Uh, I live in Waco, Texas. Oh! Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we were actually eating at a restaurant, three restaurants over, about um, just a few minutes before all of that happened. So if you don't watch the news, there was a big biker gang
1: Yes, Um, but I didn't realize that was Waco. And I remember Waco from David Koresh back in the day when I lived in Dallas.
0: (laughs) So right now we're really trying to just push the whole Chip and Joanna Gaines fixer-upper show on HGTV so that that's what people get ingrained in their heads. yes. Anyway, yeah. So we're like, uh, yeah. So I love Waco, though. It's actually a really, really awesome little city. And and I really wouldn't ever want to leave, but Nashville, and particularly Franklin, it that's the one place that I would ever consider moving so I um, do you, do you enjoy living there?
1: You know I do. I've been here a long time 20 21 years I think and so it just feels like home and I, I just kind of have this thing like God plants you somewhere and I've never felt pulled to leave there have been like you like with you feeling like Nashville could be a place there have been a couple places I've traveled where I've thought I could live here, but I've never felt the pull to move away yet
0: yeah yeah. Um, and you have three kids, boys, girls,
1: two boys first. And the girl is the seven and a half chaotic, wonderful, dramatic
0: (laughs) thing of the house. I have the opposite. I have two older girls and then one boy who has three mothers now, Okay, you know, two Uh, older sisters and a mom. So, um, well, awesome. So I would love to know, um, how do you balance ministry and motherhood? So,
1: yeah, so I saw that question on your little list that you sent me this morning. Um, And the unfortunate truth that I have to share with you today is that I have not found the key to that yet. And I would love to say that it's an easy thing to figure out. Um, I find it challenging to juggle those two in particular. We run pretty full time here at Finding Balance. We have lots of clients that we're serving. We have a big event that's actually coming up in five weeks. And there are just seasons when I think... um, when I think sometimes you have to, you feel like you have to choose one or the other. Some of the things that I have found that help me is one, I have a pretty amazing team around me. My board of directors, there's two women in particular. We pray together every Tuesday morning and they are continually asking me about this area And how am I balancing things and what do I need? And so having that check in with somebody else who knows the business side of what's going on in my life and can challenge me toward um, balance is great. Another thing is that I personally try very hard to, when their school day ends, you know, at three o'clock to be done, to Mm -hmm. walk away from the computer I personally am tired enough at the end of the day that I don't have a lot of energy to hop back on at night. I try not to be on the computer on the weekends. People know, my staff knows that if a crisis happens on the weekend, it can wait. And that's part of me establishing, hey, if our name is going to be Finding Balance, (laughs) we can't just constantly be um, sacrificing our own well-being in order to make everyone else happy. And so that's another thing. In fact, at our event this year, we'll be talking about this very issue because I have learned that we have, and some of your listeners may relate to this, We get so intent on serving others and loving others and doing well for others that we ignore the importance of good soul care, good mm-hmm. self-care. And so that's an area that we as an organization in January decided we're going to focus first on good self-care for our team and let things flow out of that. And so I've been kind of applying that same approach to, you know, what's you know the priority of family today versus the priority of work? Kind of a long answer. It's a big issue. <laughs> it's no. a big question mark.
0: Well, and I think that's good for people to hear that you, I think – most times when I've asked that question, people have said, I don't really know the answer to it. And we, we have, you know, on the other side of, you know, everybody else listening is probably thinking, oh, the people that are on podcasts, they kind of have it all together. No. I don't. <laughs> and that's why I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. But the reality is, is that nobody feels like they actually have that balance. It's this constant tension. And, and I think especially for those moms that are, are new moms or, you know, they've recently added a new child to their family and they're feeling overwhelmed and they feel completely out of balance because they thought they could balance everything. I think that's a lot of times when the food issues can really kick it up, kick up Whoa. a notch.
1: It sure can. I mean, and I say to new moms now, because I have many friends who have, they're in that younger stage that I am personally happy to not be in anymore where (laughs) you feel just like you can't even go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like it's such an out of balance thing. And if you are a person who was used to achieving things and having a task list and actually checking some of those boxes (laughs) off and all of a sudden you're just thrilled if you got a shower that day and you feel like, you know, I, will I ever again feel like a productive member of society? And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's in that season, some good advice I got in that season was, you know what? There's just going to be a season of it feeling that yucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's no reflection on you. And you're absolutely right, Kat. That, that is a season anyway, when food and body is tough. Your, your body has just gone through this transformative experience. You've likely, if you've just had a baby, you know, put on weight with your pregnancy and then you you know, once you deliver, you see all the magazines with everybody who's all skinny, you know, mm-hmm. like the day they delivered and all of that pressure is there. Plus you're, you're trying to eat more to produce enough milk. Plus your body isn't your own. Plus you're stressed out and food is a, a comfort for a lot of people. And that is a super vulnerable time to either restart eating issues. If that was a problem in the past, or to start them for the first time. People always think that these issues you know, always start when you're in your teens. And, and that's not necessarily true. Lots of them can start when you're in the season of feeling out of control, just wanting some comfort. And so I say the first thing there is just like take a deep breath. You need to know that you're not alone with that stress that you're feeling, you're not, you will, you will feel more and more freedom down the road. God can give you the grace to take it one day at a time. And if, you know, if the food is calling to you, um, you know, try to remove the guilt of having that pull, but then try and get smart about how to resist that pull. Because what that can do is if we, if we do turn to food or on the other side of it, turn to obsessive exercising or other things to try and control the weight or control life in general, um, that can throw us out of balance. That has an impact on our kiddos. And of course, we want to just be well as families. So it's good to have some education, inspiration, information to arm
0: yourself with tools to find that balance in that area. So Constance, you, you mentioned you know, resisting that pull. What are some practical things that a mom who may be feeling that pull right now, whether it be to um, food or whether it be to excessive exercise, what are some practical things that she could do and put into action maybe even today?
1: Okay, so let's let's split those into two separate buckets. okay. okay? So we'll talk first about turning toward food for comfort. Um, now, there are some really practical things you can do, right? But we know that these issues are, Emotional, spiritual, relational, physical, all of those things. And so the first thing, you know, if you just want to look at the practical part and you are you're feeling that stress, you're wanting some comfort, or maybe it's late at night, your first moment alone, and you want to enjoy yourself with a a gallon of ice cream.
0: Or a leftover <laughs> um, birthday cake. Just leftover just
1: birthday cake, yes. All that stuff, and you don't want to waste it, or all these different things that go through our minds. One of the things that I love that a colleague of mine whose name is Megan Osborne, and let me tell you, you've got to have this gal on. Her ministry is called Shaped with Love. She has her whole passion is arming moms to, to make these great choices for their kiddos. So Shaped with Love. But she says one of the most simple things you can do is ask yourself, what do I really want to taste right now? Not what do I want to eat? But what do I really want to taste right now? Because so often when you're in that mode and you're wanting something, it's more about the experience of just sitting down and sort of eating mindlessly. Mm -hmm. And she would encourage you to what do I really want to taste? Do I really want to taste ice cream? If so, let's have some. But do I really want to taste something fresh? Do I really want to taste something savory? Really asking that question, pausing long enough to ask yourself, what do I really want right now? Another question to ask is, Am I really hungry or am I lonely or am I sad? You know, really parsing out, is this urge that I feel genuine hunger? If so, I want to meet that need because God designed me to recognize hunger and I'm going to meet that need. But if I'm lonely right now or I'm scared or whatever the other emotions might be, how else can I meet that need besides food? Because if we turn to food to fill our loneliness and then we overeat, because you know we still feel that loneliness then what happens is we can begin to feel guilt and shame about you know say the overeating is the problem and we're putting on more weight or we're just not feeling good about ourselves and what does that do that makes us want to hide away from people because we don't feel good about ourselves but see if our whole problem in the beginning is that we were lonely now we've created an even greater loneliness within ourselves by using food to fill that. Does that make sense?
0: Totally makes
1: sense. So we want to really think about, am I really hungry or am I filling an emotional need? Now let's talk about the other side of the equation. And this is more where I personally... Um, have lived, which is on the side of, I'm really going to control my weight because everything feels out of control. And I, you know, so most people actually aren't good at <laughs> that side of the equation. Some of us are better than others. And so that's where, you know, I would be more triggered. Um, and someone might be triggered toward compulsive exercise. I got to get this weight off right away. I'm going to be intense and kind of take out all your frustration on yourself on the treadmill or restricting what you're eating. And in those cases, again, it's really kind of the same thing. It's like going back and asking yourself, what am I really feeling right now? I'm feeling scared that I'm never going to look good again. I'm feeling lonely. And so I'm, I'm keeping myself busy with activity um, and really looking at what that underlying emotional stuff is. And I'll tell you what the bottom line is usually going to be. And I've already said it. It's usually loneliness, where we're really desiring connection with others. We want to be known and we want to know others. We want to kind of be pulled out of mommy mode for just a little bit and, you know, acknowledged for the emotions that we're feeling, the fears that we're feeling, the worries we may have about being great parents or all these different things. And so really what what's missing is community, relationship. I know you do this a lot through your website and these great blogs and community out there, all that's great. And then having face-to-face people, you can go, you know, go walk with someone face-to-face. Don't let the treadmill be your best friend. Walk with someone face-to-face, pour out what's going on in your life. If eating is actually an issue, a life-controlling issue, tell them, you know, you can go get support for that. So again, bottom line, whatever we use as our drug of choice to manage our emotions is going to end up hurting us in the end. So we want to really look at what am I feeling? And there's there's generally going to be fear, shame, and loneliness at, at the core of that list. And so we always want to kind of look at those things.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that about community because I know there's probably some moms out there listening that are like lonely. What do you mean? I've been, people have been attached to me <laughs> all yes. day long. I'm <laughs> definitely not feeling lonely. But you you know you talked about that emotional connection, and I know that you know for me, even with my kids being older, at the end of the day, if my husband is on a business trip or something. I need to talk to grownups and have grownup conversations and communicate my emotions and hear other intellectual thoughts. And I think that's huge that you point that out because we can kind of just often just check that box off and say, I'm definitely not lonely. I've been around kids all day, but that connection is so, so crucial. And I love that you said that. I I heard a quote um, and I'm going to put it in the show notes because I can't remember who said it right now, but um, it's something along the lines of we can either experience the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Hmm. And that's sort of a harsh way to put it. I'm sure that, you know, we can come up with a a happier way to put it, but Mm -hmm. I really like just the idea of it because I know a lot of times when I look through my closet, Um, And and I'm headed somewhere and I'm thinking, well, I don't know what to wear. Well, I don't like the way that shirt looks on me, or I don't like the way that shirt looks on me. And it it makes me remember that I spent all this time trying to figure out what to wear and not liking things that are in my closet when it's really decisions that I made prior to that that are affecting it. So so when I sit down and and I'm checking out at night and I'm like, I'm just going to grab the tub of ice cream, I could think, well, I'm just going to. You know, grab this tub of ice cream. But then, if I think if I'm whatever decision that I make now, it's kind of like the whole reaping and sowing oh, thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. This this making a wise decision right now could prevent me from every single day spending five to ten minutes disliking what's in my closet. You know, and and I just think that's it, it's amazing just the impact that those small decisions we make, you know, every evening when the kids go to bed or whatnot, can have long term.
1: Well, it is true. We talk a lot at Finding Balance about you know the next right step, just one next right step, because you're right. It's it's each choice that we make leads to either an opportunity or a you know some kind of negative thing. The way I like to refer to it um, sometimes is like everything that we choose to do can give power in our lives to either the stealer or the healer. You know, like. Mm. It just can have that power, and it doesn't mean we need to be paralyzed by that, you know. And I'm so scared if I'm going to make the right decision or not. Right. But yes, thinking ahead that's another common strategy in breaking these unhealthy addictive cycles is think ahead, okay, if I do this, then an hour from now I'm going to feel this way, so that the way. I can avoid feeling this way an hour from now is I'm going to interrupt my behavior before I do the thing that I know is going to make me feel guilty or ashamed or want to go hide out or hate how I look when I'm putting clothes on. Although I will say also that I just don't know if anyone gets to the point where they always love how they look, even if they do, you know, take good care with their diet. That's just... um, You know, it's just one of those areas that we as women have got to somehow band together and and overcome that stuff about how much we hyper uh, criticize ourselves on our appearance. It's a tough thing.
0: Well, one thing that I really, really love that you do. So as again, as I was learning more about you, um, I used to work in music as well. I worked at a radio station in Houston called KSBJ. Sure. And um, I watched your video because you have a a program or a ministry called More Than a Number. Yes. And and I think that could just be such a transformative way for people to shift their focus. And it can really help. So I I would love actually just for you just to tell us a little bit what that what that's about. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, so I've spent all these years working with food and weight issues. And I love the work that I do in that. But that's not my issue anymore. And as I was, I was on the Girls of Grace tour a couple of years back with Point of Grace and lots of other great people and started this theme of more than a number, understanding that most of us don't actually believe that we have value unless we can measure it in some way. And I mean, it could be age number, dollars in the bank account, weight. Um, You know, we begin to value ourselves according to what everyone else says the number of likes that we have number of followers you know mm-hmm. all these numbers right and I don't know about you I mean I understand your blog, blog is actually very very popular well mine are not <laughs> so like if I'm going to try and measure my value against my followers which isn't even an area that I have time to focus you know then I can get bound up in this box of just like on the diet thing you know where oh my goodness my you know Am I good or am I bad today? It's going to depend on whether this number has grown or changed or dropped or whatever. And so, along the same lines, as we were working on, um, you know, campaigns helping people uh, just. just be aware of the enormous amount of resources we put into diets, for example, $62 billion a year in diets. Mm. At the same time, I was working with Compassion International, who sponsors kiddos around the world, and found out that literally, if we just took that one area, the amount of money we throw at diets, which, by the way, don't work, okay? Because if they did, there'd be one that everyone would do, and it would work, and then they'd be gone, (laughs) you know? So they don't work. We spend... 62 billion and rising dollars a year on them and literally just if we took one year's worth of that money we would wipe out worldwide hunger like just like that and when i thought about that we thought well that's just amazing <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. we should work for that and so we partnered with compassion i think you might be talking about the music video that we shot in kenya yeah. and partially here in nashville i'm actually writing a book on it that's going to be out um Uh, let's see, in 2017 early called More Than a Number. And it's this concept of if we could really know our value and sort of detach it from these external human measurements, we really could make even more of a difference, whether it's just in our own homes or within our own churches or if God has called us to some You know, more public platform, we could do radically different things if we really believed that just as we are right now today, if I never had another anything, I really actually have value. So that's kind of a whole campaign (laughs) that I look forward to doing much, much more on, especially when that book comes out. We'll be touring. Houston is actually one of the places that we'll be hitting with that tour and just um, try and and rally women
0: and girls. Mm to
1: really know and believe that.
0: I love that. I, I love just the, the heart behind it. And I'm going to include, is it okay if I include the video in yeah, the show I'm notes? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, I just thought it was really, really powerful. And and I think so much when we do struggle with these issues, if we can kind of shift our perspective into where could this money that I'm spending on this one thing, where could it go and, and how could it impact people? That can be such a um, a deeper motivation for our perspectives and how we deal with food and and, and how we handle our, our self-image and stuff. Just if we shift that and, and think, okay, this money that I could be spending here, there's there's greater issues and there's greater needs in this world. And I think sometimes just taking our eyes maybe off of our ourselves for a little bit um, can kind of break some of those things. Because I think sometimes the enemy just wants us to focus on ourselves and focus on ourselves. And, and a lot of the issues sometimes then snowball. Because of that.
1: Well, they absolutely do. And, you know, that's exactly the point. You know, you think about the concept of stewardship. And I confess I'm horrible in the area of financial stewardship because when I'm feeling down, I want to go buy clothes, for example. That's my weakness. You know, I want to go buy a new outfit. And then I come back from that having spent more money than I should have. And meanwhile, then, you know, maybe the next Sunday there's a call for an offering for people who are dying on the other side of the world for their faith. And I don't have money to put in that plate because why? Because I had to go buy some new clothes so I'd feel better about myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so the enemy does want to tie up all of our resources, our financial resources, our relational resources, um, our ministry resources. There's just, he just wants to keep that all tied up because the truth is that if we were released to use our resources the way that God called us to, really amazing, world-changing things would happen. Now, the encouraging point of all of this is this, that, that all of us, like when we feel inclined to waste our resources, like instead of feeling guilty about it, just say, oh God, help me to see, help mm-hmm. me to see where I bought into the lie that spending my resources this way is gonna make me feel better and help me, it's kind of like with the food, help me address my loneliness in a different way, my need for meaning in a different way um, so that I'm freed up to invest these resources according to how you want me to invest them. So again I want to minimize guilt or shame about it. We all get stuck in it and life is busy and we don't even think about it sometimes. But if you pause and think about it, you'll see there's some really great opportunities there.
0: And you know and I I like that you mentioned minimizing the guilt and shame because it's really more about how powerful we are. I mean God wants to do incredible things through each one of us and You know, the more that we can have a healthy self-image, the more we can be connected with him and hear his heart for us, the more we can go out and encourage other people and lift other people up that are struggling with things, the more that we can help people that might be on the other side of the world that, you know, need food or need shelter or whatever it is. And I think sometimes we forget that God can use any one. I mean, any. I just love the idea that any person listening right now could theoretically be the next Mother Teresa. I mean, in the sense of you could be a person to have this enormous global impact. And, you know, we just have no idea what God has in store for any one of us. And just um, placing ourselves um, side by side with him. And Absolutely. Walking and walking with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, and then being open to the fact that Mother Teresa for some means just the impact you're going to have on your kids. Because who knows, right. maybe your kids are going to go on to be— I mean, who knows, you know, Mm -hmm. and and just understanding that anything I do, as long as it's what God called me to do today, and if that's just, just get through the day and white knuckle it, but I did that, you know, that's all God has called us to today. And if we can live that way and trust that our value is in, okay, God, what what am I going to do this minute? What am I going to do this day? Just give him the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. And then allow him to begin moving within us in these choices. And again, if it's a crazy season with young kiddos and all you can do is get through the day, like that's enough mm-hmm. and that's enough. And releasing yourself of that pressure to be anything other and to try and fill that need for achievement in any other way. And then as we do that, I think there will begin to be more of a restfulness about how we walk through life. Um, And and that has its own impact as well, even just within our homes. Mm,
0: That's so true. And just the power of when we're just walking with him, um, he's going to bring us into alignment with the perspective that we need to have on ourselves, with the rest and the balance and everything that we need in life. Um, You have a whole conference.
1: Yeah, Hungry for Hope. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So we host a conference called Hungry for Hope, and it is for People seeking wellness with, you know, food and weight and body image stuff. And we do it here in Nashville. Our next one is coming up June 25th through 27th. And then we repeat this event. So if someone's listening to this later, they can always learn more at our website. But at this conference, I think we've got like 24 different speakers, artists, musicians. Like it's a very creative, healing, restorative environment. Um, Jennifer Lee. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's the author of Love Idol. She's going to be there. She's fantastic. And then a whole bunch of other uh, people will be there. And this year's theme is Love Well. So actually kind of what we're talking about right now, and we're going to be hitting soul love, body love, and father love, both God the Father and earthly fathers and what to do when they fail us and all these different kinds of things associated with love. And then when we end, we're going to be looking at, okay, as we love our souls well, allow God to love our souls well, we turn around and love the souls of others well. Because that's ultimately the goal, right? Is that we want to be well so that we can impact others who need to know hope for for freedom, hope for a future, hope for some kind of being loved themselves and going out and making a difference. So yeah, we've got information about that at our website at findingbalance.com. We'd love, love, love to have more um, people join us there. It's I just can't say enough how special it is. You can get a taste of how special it is at our website because we have a video there. I'm just telling you, it is a whole different thing <laughs> out there. And I think it's because of all that arts and music and background that that I have. We just love using all that stuff to awaken people to become more and more who God called them to be.
0: It sounds very powerful. And for those listening, Jennifer Dukes-Lee was on episode number 63. And then another uh, guest that you're going to have there is J.J. Heller. And she oh, was yeah. actually episode 64. Well, there you so, go. So, um, yeah, love love both of them. J.J. Heller is a brilliant musician and um, sounds like a fantastic event. So if you guys are in the Nashville area or want to fly to the Nashville area, man, that really sounds – I mean, it sounds like so much more than a conference.
1: Well, it is. Yeah. There's really nothing like it out there. I try to explain it to people, but Mm -hmm. it really is a very special thing. And if if God is nudging someone to go, like follow that nudge, lean into it because it will be incredibly special.
0: So if there are moms out there with teenage or college age daughters, what's kind of the age range for this event?
1: You know, we really like 18 and up. We sometimes make exceptions for as low as uh, 16. But the reason we like 18 and up is We really want the (laughs) grownups to, again, be filled up. You can't Mm -hmm. give what you don't have. And we want them to be filled up to go back and impact. You know, if they have younger ones at home, they can impact them that way. Um, But being filled up first. And, yeah, it's uh, also for clinicians. So if anyone's out there and maybe they're a counselor or something, we have a whole uh, pre-conference and post-conference just for that where they can earn continuing education credits. So all that stuff.
0: Very cool. So it sounds like then people who might be struggling with issues could then also connect with people who can.
1: That's exactly right. Because we as we talked about earlier, that idea of community and connection Mm -hmm. is a really important thing, whether you wrestle with these issues or you work professionally with them.
0: Okay, so a couple more quick questions. What books are you reading right now? Oh, I know. So you asked me that. I had to run up and look at my, <laughs> my iPad
1: because when you read on an iPad, I never remember what the titles are. Well, I so my guilty pleasure is reading, and I tend to read literary or historical fiction. The one I just fi- finished was actually The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, which set in World War II in France, and it was pretty brutal to read it, and uh, just a reminder of how how evil can be so pervasive in our world, you know? Um, It was a a really deep and, you know, tragic yet um, good read. (laughs) So I don't know if that will be very encouraging to the mamas out there, but it it was, I just enjoy kind of being able to see some of these really important historical moments through the eyes of, you know, story, uh, characters walking it out.
0: My husband's grandmother um, is actually from Verdun and lived during World War II, um, under Nazi occupation. And so oh. she tells some very fascinating stories at Easter. And my kids have, a, I think, a, real, a much better perspective of that whole era than I ever did growing up.
1: Well, it is so easy to forget mm-hmm. the serious issues that do go on in our world. And, of course, there is a lot of crazy stuff going on right now in our world. And it is a good wake-up mm-hmm. to say, hey, let me come out of, you know, whatever is going on in my life and be aware of what's going on in the world and just see if God leads me in any way to help serve that in some way. There's so many different ways. And again, you know, if you're in real years of real young kiddos, you know, there may not be a lot that you can do, but just being aware and praying
0: that's powerful as well. And frankly, I think the historical fiction realm, I think that's a good way to do it without feeling like you need to read some, um, you know, really deep, Nonfiction piece on the current state of yeah whatever no. you know it's a it's a good way to to be aware without having to well
1: because um, if you get in their shoes you get yes, in the shoes of these yes. characters and you're like oh my goodness how did this happen you <laughs> know it's just so appalling to really be in the shoes of those who. Who struggles. So that's a great idea is looking for either fiction accounts or biographical accounts or people mm-hmm. who are walking through those things will give you such a different perspective.
0: So what's on repeat on whatever music player you may have? Oh, and I hate to say it. So I never get
1: to listen to music and I love music. But I my kids go to school six minutes from where I live and that is the only time I'm in the car. And I I do not have a brain that can listen to music and work at the same time. So I actually don't have anything on <laughs> repeat i'm so sorry to disappoint you like y'all are just so much more i'll just have to email you a list of recommendations (laughs) there you go (laughs) that sounds good
0: and then one last thing what is one encouragement that you give to a mom who is heading back into the house um, going into her kid's room to pick them up from nap time and just kind of getting back to the throes of it what's one encouragement that you would give to her
1: you know it's just kind of along the lines of what we talked about earlier which is Every minute that you have, even if it feels like you're doing nothing productive and you can't check it off a list and it's just the 50th pile of laundry in a row, you know, it's just understanding that you are enough, like that all you have to do today is that next thing in front of you. And if that is cleaning up, spit up, or if that is organizing a birthday party, or I don't know what it is, you know, but that you are enough and that all you got to do is the next right thing and that God is so pleased. With you already, and you don't have to earn His love. And the cool thing is, we don't really have to earn our kids' love; like they just love Mm -hmm. us anyway, even when we're rotten, right? (laughs) And and God will give you—I believe He'll give you the right next steps in whatever you know you may be struggling with, um, or whatever questions are on your mind about how to be you better. God knows how to lead you to those next right steps.
0: So good, Constance. I'm really thankful you could join us today. Can you give those? websites where people can find you one more time.
1: Sure. Yeah. So finding com is the best place to find all things related to the eating and the body image stuff, Um, including information about our hungry for hope conference. Just look for that little banner or click on the events tab. And then more than a net is where they could view that uh, music video that we talked about, learn a little bit about more than a number now, because I'm kind of in between and the book's not coming out for a while you know, we don't have a lot to announce there in the way of events coming, but those will come in 2017. And we're definitely looking forward to getting out and about. So just uh, check that stuff out. And yeah, we hope to see you guys out there somewhere.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Constance, I hope you enjoy your last couple days of quiet in your house before summer hits. Yes, ma'am. And I'm really thankful that you could join us today. Um, And hopefully we will get a chance to chat again soon sometime. That sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Bye Bye bye.
1: It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet news.